Welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talaya Dindi. I'm a cancer thriver, cancer doula, independent patient advocate, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complementary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, everyone. This is Talaya Dindi from OnTheOtherSide.life, and you're listening to Navigating Cancer Together, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Mr. Ricardo Wilkins. After working in the government sector for nearly 20 years, Ricardo Wilkins discovered there was more to see, do, share in life. Learning about the vital role of redox signaling led him on the path to entrepreneurship, personal development, and guiding others while following his other inspiration, travel. Can't go wrong there. Ricardo's vision is for everyone to be healthy, be inspired, and live free. Ricardo, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome. Kalea, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to engage in some conversation and see where it goes. Thank you so much for being here, Ricardo. I'm so happy to talk with you. Before we get started, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm living my dreams. (laughs) I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I have a newborn. Maybe I didn't get as much sleep as I would like, but feeling good. Got to see his smile this morning. So I'm feeling wonderful. Wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm feeling pretty good too. Excited to talk with you. So let's kick things off. As I mentioned, Ricardo, you are an advocate and health educator. Please tell us more about those roles. For example, who are you advocating for and what do you teach as a health educator? Yeah, if you would have asked me a few years ago, would I describe myself as a health educator or I would be a health educator, I probably would have scoffed at you. But yeah, I guess that's the role I I found myself in. Uh, I educate on what I call redox signaling and also in conjunction with that being preventative, protecting our health. Also, my grandmother... Dorothy Matthews battled leukemia for several years. And the opportunity I'm really grateful for to serve as a visionary of the year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, raising funds and their mission, supporting patients and families battling blood cancers. So that's what I'm advocating for people of leukemia, battling leukemia. Actually, I just got news yesterday that um, a young boy that I knew battling leukemia passed away uh, just the other day. So the leukemia battlers and fighters, but also prevention and the uh, what we can do to protect our health through quality lifestyle and redox signaling. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry to hear about the passing of the young boy who yeah. unfortunately lost his life too soon to, ca- to cancer and leukemia. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I was, I was completely shocked because uh, I knew he had went into remission a couple years ago and I didn't know he relapsed. What I saw on social media about a month ago. So it was a blow when I saw that, but he had a lot of spirit and a lot of energy. And yeah, so live and share and educate in his honor. Ricardo, you mentioned that your grandmother had leukemia. Mm -hmm. What else inspired you to do the work that you're doing? Uh, I think over the last, oh, wow, I guess it hasn't been the last few years, maybe over the last 10, 15 years, I just started adopting a lifestyle to pay attention to what I put in my body, to be as healthy as I can be. And just all the things I came to learn about the body, things that we shouldn't put in our body, things that we should put in our body, just to share that knowledge because our health is our wealth. And there's a lot of things we can do to flourish physically, despite all the toxins and, and things in our environment that are causing us stress to our body. So I think just my journey, just paying attention to my health and wanting to educate others about maybe some things they don't know about, uh, driving my parents crazy, telling them what they should and should not eat. <laughs> I think it go, comes along with that. But I think, yeah, just my journey and sharing with people that, you know, if you pay attention to your health and give up some things or maybe cut back on some things that you feel you need, you might realize it's better on the other side. Absolutely. And I bet now you have a new inspiration. You're a new father. Congratulations. How has that changed your perspective on being a father now? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Quite, that is quite the journey as well. I haven't thought about that. That's a good question. I would say just one him. Hopefully I don't drop him uh, too crazy or his mother too crazy about what he should and shouldn't eat. But just knowing what I knew, uh, knowing what I know now so I can educate him. Um, obviously, I want him to get to a place where he can make his own decisions, but I just educate him, uh, maybe set an example of what I believe is a quality lifestyle as far as what we eat, how we go about life, being physically active, things along that nature. Great. Now, we're here to talk about redox signaling. So how does redox signaling play a part into that? And number one, what is it? And how did you get involved with it? Sure. So I'll start with how I got involved with it. It's one of those, I don't know if your listeners, have you ever had a moment or just circumstances in your life that when you reflected on it or when you look back, it was just like this convergence, this pivotal moment that was this shift in your trajectory mm -hmm. and that's like what this was for me even at the time I didn't know it and I was just watching a, a video with two health professionals one I was very familiar with talking about all kinds of different things in health and they mentioned this thing called redox signaling and how it worked in the cells and how it played a part in aging and how they uh, utilize it with their patients and it just sounded fascinating to me I have a very curious mind so I just went down the rabbit hole over the last five years, I uh, added it to my lifestyle and became really just passionate about it, which ultimately led to me publishing my book just to educate and bring awareness to redox signaling. And I was actually having this conversation with somebody with yesterday and he was asking, explain redox signaling. And I was trying to not get too sciencey, but I just <laughs> love the science. So sometimes I fall into talking about mitochondria and what happens in the cell. But a simple way to explain redox signaling is 
it's the orchestra that just directs the symphony of health and being in our bodies. That's like a fun answer, a cute answer to explain it. But if we think about communication, if we think about everything in this world, it relies on communication. Bees and ant beehives, they rely on communication. Cars rely on communication to everything. Communication with each other, with our family. Everything on the planet relies on communication. And so does our body. Our body needs to communicate health and well-being. The, the immune system needs to be directed to where it needs to go. When we have a cut or a wound, the body needs to communicate to regenerate those cells. So redox signaling, a simplified way to explain it is the body's communication system. And it was not until 1997 when researchers discovered the first redox molecule or signaling molecule. And in 1998, those researchers won the Nobel Prize for that discovery. And since then, laboratories and universities around the world have been racing to just unravel, like I say, the secrets of redox signaling, of how they influence these redox signaling molecules or how it influences the body, how this communication at the most foundational level in the body plays a part in every aspect of health because they're made in the cell. If you think about it, we're trillions of cells. Our body's made of trillions of cells. And, and these redox signaling molecules are made inside every cell every second of every day just to communicate that health and well-being. And different, I would say, these different molecules play a different role. So that's a quick, hopefully not too complicated explanation of what redox signaling is. Right. That's a very good explanation of what it is. <laughs> I understood it. So I want to ask you, Ricardo, how can this help people that may have cancer? How can this impact cancer cells or even the good cells, if at all? Sure. So I have a newsletter on LinkedIn where I just educate and share about redox signaling. And I did one a couple of weeks ago on how redox signaling plays a role in stopping and safeguarding against cells from mutating and going rogue, what is cancer. So in our bodies, when we're generally speaking, and I know um, I just mentioned Ishan, but generally speaking, children don't have as many health issues as adults. Uh, yes, they do. Yes, they can develop cancer. But generally, that's a condition that we see with the older, with the elderly or people as we get older. Because when we're young, uh, we're, our body is producing a, a lot of these redox signaling molecules. Then after puberty, we start reducing about 1% less every year or 10% every decade. And what these signaling molecules do essentially is help the body to detect and repair or eliminate damaged rogue cells. You know, every day um, because of the stressors from our environment, cells have the potential to mutate go rogue in our body, our immune system stops that. They get those mutated cells out of there, but that can go haywire and those mutated rogue cells can multiply throughout the body. So with redox signaling, that's just a natural function. There are redox signaling technologies where people can replenish these redox signaling molecules to support their body and their immune system and safeguarding against mutated rogue cells. Wonderful. I've, of course, never heard of redox signaling. How yeah. come we don't hear about this? 
Yeah, a good example uh, I like to give is antibiotics, right? So I'm sure most people, most of your guests, uh, we all have heard of antibiotics have been around for decades. But uh, antibiotics, when they were first discovered, which was actually by accident, it did not become readily available and widely known to the public until 20 years later. Because all that time, it was mostly in research and development. So again, it was in 1997, 98, 1998, when redox signaling, the function was uncovered in the body. And since then, it's just been slowly being understood. And more and more of that understanding is making its way into the public awareness, but still it's slow because it's mostly like scientists and researchers at universities studying it. So that's generally why even most health professionals, because it's not something that was taught in medical school. I think now it's more taught in medical school. It's more prevalent in medical schools, but even a lot of most health professionals will tell you they've never heard of redox signaling and the function that it plays in the body. So I would say it's probably because it's just, unless you're like a researcher or a scientist in biology, life sciences, health sciences, it's not something that would have come across your path as far in your education. Hence the way that you found out about it. You just were looking around, researching, looking for information, and that's when you found it. So you have to, it sounds like you have to be looking for a reason to use something like redox signaling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you say redox, you say that to someone, that doesn't mean anything. To yes. any- and redox actually is a term, just it stands for reductance and oxidants. And it speaks to electron transfer. So a positive next electron is transferring to um, negatively charged molecules. That plays a part in all things in, in, in um, engineering, chemical engineering. But in the specific um, conversation, redox signaling is talking about those electron transfers that happen at the most foundational level in the body. Actually, I forgot his name, but the, the individual, the scientist that discovered vitamin C, he has a quote where he says, life is nothing but it, but an electron looking for a place to rest. And oh, that is redox. That makes sense. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So it sounds like it's still fairly new. A lot of people are not aware of it. From your perspective, what is the future of redox signaling? Yeah. Uh, earlier this year, there's a organization, international organization, a cohort, cohort of scientists and researchers, again, from around the world. The organization was, was called the International Society of uh, Antioxidants in Nutrition. And they changed their name to the Redox Medicine Society because, you know, we all know, I'm assuming antioxidants, how important antioxidants are, of course, nutrition. And they saw fit to change their name to um, redox or redox within their name to signify the significance and importance of redox as this continued to be researched. So I think there's pharmaceutical companies, there's, again, universities that are trying to develop technologies, therapies, pharmaceuticals that harness redox signaling for aging, to treat, you know, cancers, to treat different conditions. Because uh, what their, their understanding is that at, at the most foundational level in the body, most or uh, a lot of health conditions, 
the decline or dysregulation of redox signaling the body is the root cause for a lot of conditions. So if you can harness or target the redox signaling process in the body, you can support a lot of health conditions or prevent a lot of health conditions. So that's where the future is going. I think at some point, I don't know, two years, five years, 20 years, it would be something that's really understood, like antioxidants are at least recognized by most people as it continues to be commercialized. Another question that I have, Ricardo, is if people want to learn more about redox signaling or if they want to talk to you, where can they find you and where can they get more information? My book is a great place to learn about redox signaling. <laughs> um, my title of my book is called Life's Biohack, The Health Secrets of Redox Signaling uh, Revealed. And that's just a real short, less than an hour read. It's very comprehensive, but it's also relatable. And I keep it really simple just for just regular everyday people that want to gain an understanding of this process and this function in the body and why it's so pivotal to our health. There's also other much more dense books written by health professionals that go much deeper for people that are science-minded or science nerds like myself. You can find me on LinkedIn, Ricardo Wilkins, Facebook, Ricardo Wilkins, and also Instagram at I am Ricardo Wilkins are great places to locate me. What was the process of writing your book? For me, that was very much a personal development journey more than anything. The process was just a learning experience in a lot of different ways. One, again, the personal development journey, just like limiting beliefs. Like I'm, I never wrote a book before. So the idea that I'm going to publish a book, right? I'm going to publish a book about science. I don't have a formal or medical or science background. It's just from my years of studying fuel, but my curiosity that in my head, just, oh, why should I be doing this? Should I be putting all this effort? Will be accepted. That was uh, a great barrier to, to break and to, and to get through as I was going through my book. And just also how to communicate, learning how to communicate what I was trying to get across in the book. The, the bulk of the book or the meat of it, I, I did pretty easily and pretty quickly but to fine tune it so it wasn't too heavy in science that again, that it was relatable for the everyday person where it made sense. That was a process more than just like the science piece of it, that how to communicate it. And actually I changed that book, a lot of it, I actually took away a whole chapter a couple of weeks before it was published. I was just learning about a few things in regards to communication and just how to communicate things in an effective way. And I was like, oh, wow, I got all these insights. So I was like, oh, wait, I should change this. I should add this. That was fun. That was a real learning experience. And also certain things that might seem as setbacks happened for a reason, because I was actually initially going to publish it like last year, last fall. And a few things just happened. Things just don't go as planned. So I had to push back the release date a few times. But that actually played out to work out in my favor. Wonderful. Thank you for writing your book. That's very encouraging. A lot of the points that you touched on, I can really relate to not being a doctor, not being from the medical field, but you still have this education and knowledge that you want to share with people. Congratulations on getting over those barriers and making that big accomplishment happen. That's wonderful. Thanks so much.
Ricardo, in addition to sharing information about Redox signaling, what else would you like the readers to gain from your book? Yeah, that's a great question. Because I was inspired to write my book after watching a documentary about toxins in household products and how the prevalent use of these chemicals in household products correlates to the increasing health conditions around the world, United States and around the world. And I worked at the United States Environmental Protection Agency for several years. And in that role, I had an opportunity to observe a lot of uh, complaints and comments from the public about pesticides and different chemicals used in farming and how it impacted their life. And I touch on this in my book, just some of the statistics about the prevalent increase in health conditions like cancer, autoimmune issues, respiratory issues that has been linked to pollution and toxins in the environment and household products. So another thing that I would love them to take away is the things that we can do in our house or to encourage them to look into things they can do just in their house to limit the toxins and the chemicals and also how the things that we're doing to our environment are detrimental to human health. I've started that in-home journey of going yeah. through and getting rid of like cleaners and things like that, that I can find natural alternatives to using those and getting those chemicals out of the house. But then also like our food packaging too, that's a really big thing where we could put more attention because there's so many chemicals and cans, the plastic bottles, all of those things. So great work. Yeah, it's everywhere. Everywhere, unfortunately. I want to shift a little bit and start talking about a little bit more of your personal life. And yeah. another thing I'm excited to learn more about, in addition to redox signaling, is you have traveled to a lot of places mm -hmm. and you were actually a nomad for two years. Please share with us, Ricardo, what that experience was like for you. That was the experience of a lifetime. I was just talking to my partner the other day. It was just like, wow. It was just such a rich, rewarding experience. We made so many memories just over those two years, just traveling across the U.S. and abroad. Just felt alive in a really different way. Just felt awakened in a different way. Just all the cultures and people we've come across, uh, the learning experience, just like these you know, subtle little moments that are so simple, but just so just inspiring and transformative in a lot of ways at our hotel in Africa, watching animals at a watering hole till midnight, just be animals, just something so simple. I just feel like I can watch those animals forever or sleep. Actually, this picture behind me was in Abu Dhabi, the desert of Abu Dhabi. We camped there one night. So just being surrounded by those sand dunes and the stars with our guy, just having a conversation with him about life. So those kind of moments, and of course, all the inspiring landscapes and vistas that we've seen, which just, I, I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I hope to be able to do that one day. Yeah. How do you feel that impacted your health? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I've never thought about that one. No one's ever asked me that. Wow. It's interesting because one of the things when you're, you're traveling on the road or in other countries, you don't have, you don't necessarily, not that you don't have control of your diet, but you, because you can control what you eat, but it's dictated on what's available to you. That's one of the struggles. I'm not going to say 
negatives because learn about new cuisine and new different foods and to adjust and to adapt. But I might not have ate, ate as healthy as I typically do when I'm just situated because I don't have access to specific foods that I would like to eat. I'm not going to say it affected my health in a, a negative way, but I wasn't eating as healthy, I would say, at certain times over those two years. That's one piece of it. But also I was very active, very active, doing a lot of hiking. You're forced to, something I shared in a post a while ago was that because when you're living on the road, I was in Ecuador for six weeks and, but we're like living there. I was working on my book there and my, my partner, which she's working there. We're like, we're living, but social media portrays this picture like we're on vacation because we're engaged in so many activities, just hikes and just all kinds of different amazing things. So it paints this picture that we're on vacation and people even contact me and say, hey, while you're on vacation, I don't want to bother you. I'm like, I'm not vacationing. I'm just living. And when you're in these different environments, it forces you in some way or inspires you to engage in the environment because you may be only there a short time. You want to experience it. You want to see as much as you can. But when we're just in our routine, we might not take the time to go out and go hiking as much as we could or experience the different things that are available to us where we are, where we lived our entire life. So that is something that I really took from my experience. And I love to share is that regardless of where you are, you can live this life that may look like a vacation, just going out and experiencing everything that's available to you. I think that's really how it's supposed to be. Yeah, It sounds like that's how it's supposed to be. And we've gotten so far from that. So it's a blessing to be able to experience that. And hearing your story, it makes me want to figure out how can I get to that? <laughs> Ricardo, what is in your future and what's next for you and Redox Signaling? Yeah, continue to educate uh, on Redox Signaling, how impactful I believe it is. The future, I have a real... I feel like a mission and vision to just educate on how important it can be by adopting redox, certain redox lifestyles and technologies, how it can be to prevention and just living a longer, healthy life or putting the odds in our favor to living a longer, healthier life by incorporating that and other healthy lifestyle habits into what we do. That's one thing I'm still inspired to do. Also, I'm inspired to start a weekly LinkedIn podcasts or interview series where I interview health professionals about their perspectives on, again, prevention and health longevity and protecting our health. Because as health professionals, people listen to health professionals. They are authority figures that people go to for answers. So I believe as health professionals, even though I'm not a health professional, I, I talk to them a lot and uh, I work with them, have a calling to educate the public and their clients on their patients on a lifestyle that can protect them and protect their health to live healthier, longer. Good luck with your podcast series on LinkedIn. I'll be tuning in. So <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Again, no, another one of those barriers, right? That yeah. to get through. So I might have, <laughs> I might ask you for some advice and tips. Happy to share. And I know you will do well. Thank you. Ricardo, I'm going to ask these two questions and then we'll wrap things up more sure. on a personal note again. The first one is, what is something that people often misunderstand about you? Um, 
That's a good question. Good, great question. Something that people often misunderstand about me. I'm a very laid back person, just very chill. A lot of times I know I don't necessarily say a lot in certain environments. So I think that could be misunderstood as, I don't know, just misunderstood as not I'm like depressed or have a bad attitude. I never got that from people, but that can just be misunderstood in just certain environments about maybe how enthused I am to be doing something or how engaged I am. Mentally, I might be engaged, but it might appear that I'm not. For example, just instinctually, I always want to sit like this, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I know, so I have to like, Ricardo, don't, don't slouch, don't sit, we present, just sit up. So things like that. I think that's that's one example. I understand that. Good example. (laughs) Yeah, I think too, a lot of it, like you said, you're just taking things in and Mm -hmm. laid back and it's okay. When I have a question, I'll engage then, but yes, I can relate. Finally, what is something that you would say to your 18 year old self? Oh, wow. My 18 year old self. There's a lot of things I would say, (laughs) do that, do this, don't do that. (laughs) But we are who we are. Our mistakes and our journey brings us to where we are today. I would say, believe in yourself. That's what I would tell them. Believe in yourself. Great. Thank you so much, Ricardo. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. Before we end, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners today? Yes, I would love to say be kind. Just be kind to strangers, be kind to family members, friends, give the stranger a warm smile, give the person you love, tell them you love them. We just, we never know what other people are going through. We don't know their journey. We don't know their struggle. And we all are on a journey and trying to learn and figure all this out. Just acts of kindness and and love and, and gratitude can go a long way for ourselves, but it definitely can impact somebody that might be having a hard day. Wonderful advice. Where again can people find you and your book if they're interested? Yeah, you can find my book on Amazon. So if you put in my name, Ricardo Wilkins, my dad did that. He was like, yeah, I'll put your name in on Amazon or Life's Biohack. Or I have a website for my book, www.lifeandredox.com. Wonderful. I will put that information in the listen notes so that everyone can find you as well. I want to thank you, Ricardo, for your time and for sharing a little bit about you and educating us about Redox Signaling. Talia, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for your wonderful questions. Absolutely. My pleasure. Before we end today, I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Please share, follow, or subscribe so that you can easily find my podcast and listen again. You can also listen to Navigating Cancer Together on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcast. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you found it helpful. Please be sure to subscribe, share, and tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you join me for the next episode. Talk to you soon.